0: Welcome back to another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast. It is Tuesday, uh, July the 27th, and as, uh, as we reported earlier uh, in the day that the Crossroad Classic, the basketball tournament that features uh, Purdue, Indiana, uh, Butler, and Notre Dame uh, will no longer exist in the current format after uh, the upcoming games this December when the contract runs out. Uh, Notre Dame and Indiana did not want the event to continue or they did not want to be part of the event if it was going to continue and that's been no secret that's really not a surprise. Um, Notre Dame was probably the first to show um, an interest in not participating anymore Uh, and then Indiana uh, followed suit and that left Purdue and Butler. I, I do know that when Notre Dame was expressing um, getting out, that uh, the the powers that be, whoever that may be, uh, <laughs> reached out, did reach out to Xavier uh, about bringing them in to fill Notre Dame's spot, and then you would have had Butler versus Purdue, Indiana versus Xavier, and then. Butler versus Indiana and Purdue versus Xavier and they would alternate every year you know Butler and Xavier would not play each other because they're in the, they are in the Big East and Purdue and Indiana would not play each other because they're in the Big Ten but once Indiana uh, made it clear that it no longer wanted to be part of it um, uh, you know the, the the tournament is going to go in a different direction and fall apart. Now, what does that mean for Purdue? Uh, Well, I think Purdue would like to continue a four-team event featuring some high-profile programs, not only in the Midwest, but across the country. And uh, Mike Bobinski, the Purdue Athletic Director, has said um, that uh, Purdue has or Elliot Bloom, who's in charge of uh, the basketball uh, program scheduling, has pitched some ideas to the Big Ten's television partners, you know, which is uh, ESPN, Fox, um, CBS to some extent, about um, a four-team event uh, across the country, not just in Indianapolis, but in different spots depending on the teams, uh, to, keep, to keep it going. Um, and I, you know, I think that's, that would be Purdue's first option in that, in that situation. Uh, does, you know, the, the event would have to get a, a corporate sponsor. Uh, so, you know, it, it, would be named whatever, the whatever classic, uh, it probably would not be, you probably would not keep the. Crossroads Classic's name for for something like that. You would probably have to get a corporate sponsor because you you would be bringing teams uh, from across the country uh, in, into this. Even if it wasn't in Indianapolis, if it was somewhere out east, you know, somewhere else in the Midwest, out west, and you know, and I think Purdue is looking through a bigger lens with this uh, in trying to uh, establish. I think they're trying to um, follow what uh, Ohio State, Kentucky, North Carolina, and I believe UCLA with the Champions Classic, they're trying to follow a similar format where it rotates across the country. Uh, and you have four high-profile mm-hmm. programs. Not, you're not going to have, I think you know, Kentucky might be involved in that as well, um, it, it, minus one of the teams. It escapes me who the four teams are uh, Exactly. But Indiana had a chance to get in that Champions Classic and couldn't because of the conflict with the Crossroads uh, and some other logistical things. And I, I think that was then when they started reevaluating reevaluating their options as far as that date is concerned and what they wanted to do with their schedule. Now, that was before they changed coaches, and now they have a new athletic director, and Thad Mata has joined Um the program as an associate athletic director, uh, and his handprint is probably on this decision uh, somewhere along the line. Um, but I, I am curious, uh, you know, who Indiana schedules now uh, to replace the the Crossroads game? Yeah, they they're almost forced to go get a high profile game because they were playing uh, Butler uh, and they were playing Notre Dame. Uh, so you, you do have to go find an, uh, a marquee team there to play. You can't go play Sam Houston State and call it a day, uh, and because that would send the, the message that you know what they didn't. The Crossroads was too tough for them, and they had a good record in the Crossroads. I think they're seven and three. Purdue's three and seven, but wanted to continue it because you know playing Butler at Notre Dame is good competition for Purdue. You know the the classic is good for the state of Indiana. Uh, it, it drew well over 18,000 uh, virtually every time it was played, except last year during the pandemic. Uh, it was just a good day of basketball, and it was it was fun. It brought these four uh, Division I programs together. You know, you got to see two games uh, amongst the, the the best teams and players uh, in the state, um, and it, you know, it was created to. Uh, replicate the old Hoosier Classic back in the 1940s, and that's why then Purdue Athletic Director, who was not the Athletic Director in the 40s, but that's why Morgan Burke came up with the idea to, to do it again and keep it in Indianapolis. And it, it was a success, and it I think it would continue to be a success, but you got to have everybody buy in on it. And from Notre Dame's perspective, you know, when they joined uh, the Crossroads Classic, uh, and they would play Purdue and Indiana. The, that would be the only; those would be the only Big Ten teams that um, Notre Dame would play during the season, which was fine. But once Notre Dame moved to the ACC, uh, they were they're involved in the Big Ten-ACC challenge, so that's another Big Ten team that they have to play. And I think last year they might have played three Big Ten teams. Um, and that, you know, when you have limited non-conference games. Um that's that's kind of hard because you're trying to squeeze in, you know, all men's basketball programs similar to football need X number of home dates for revenue. Uh, and that's, you know that that's just what has to happen in football, ideally, you have seven home games in a 12 game football season just from a revenue standpoint. In, in men's basketball, Not sure the exact number uh, but there's a a minimum of requirement that you need to have X number of home games uh, for for budgetary purposes and that's just that's the reality of life, that's the reality of college athletics Uh, yeah I mean you don't have to do it but you have to get that revenue from somewhere and most schools abide by that and when you're playing three Big Ten teams in a year, that eats into how many home games you can have, how many, you know, home-at-home home series you can have, uh, you know, you're playing conference um, challenges like the ACC Big Ten, you know, the Big Ten's involved in the Gavit games, which Purdue's not participating this year, so there's a lot of those made for TV games that 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 fall into the schedule, and again, you're trying to get... The required number of home games. So it causes some issues. And, you know, Notre Dame, while in the state, is they consider themselves more of a national school, you know, especially from a football standpoint. But basketball, since they're in the ACC, you know, they, they view themselves more on the national basis than they do uh, in state. But, I, you know, Mike Bray did, did like the, the concept of the Crossroads Classic. He enjoyed it. But, you know, for a couple of the schools, it has. You know, worn out its welcome, so to speak. So, you know, what Purdue does, and, you know, we're talking, you know, uh, a year or so away from that date, but it will be something interesting to follow. But this is a time of year where you get those future games scheduled. This is not like football where you got to schedule 10 years out. You can put together a a four team uh, basketball tournament if you get to three others willing. To to fall into what needs to be done and it may may be something that doesn't happen the next season it may have to wait for a year or two for schedules to line up because the other schools that Purdue would be dealing with would fall into the same category of needing X number of home games every year to, to make something like this work now these schools would obviously split the revenue from this event um so that's a that's a piece that may allow them to um, you know not have as you know maybe have one less home game. But it'll be interesting to see if 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 Purdue can pull this off. You know Purdue has a national program and they're probably even more in the spotlight today than they were a year ago based on uh, who they have coming back, who they have coming in. Uh, they're considered a top 10 team going into next year, uh, and they're going to be probably a top 10, top 15 team over the next two or three years based on how Matt Painter and his staff are recruiting. So Purdue, Purdue needs to have this event, uh, but you're going to need, you know, three other parties to make it work at the highest level. Uh, and you know, I I can't tell you exactly for sure who Purdue is looking at, but you know, think think high-profile programs. You know, maybe uh, you know, maybe a, a maybe a Virginia, maybe a, a Villanova, maybe uh, you know, even far-fetched, uh, you know, maybe Gonzaga. Uh, you know, and there's other other programs that would be um, you know viable. You know, you, you could keep Butler in it. As well, uh, so that's just kind of um, you know maybe some some possible candidates out there that would uh, that might work. You know, you could look look uh, again at the ACC, even though Purdue does play um, you know an ACC challenge game uh, against you know one of those one of the team from that conference every year. You could look well, I'd tell you to look at the Big 12, but I'm not sure the Big 12 that's going to be around. Uh, to do that, uh, but you could look to the SEC. You know, potentially <laughs> they're getting two new teams, Oklahoma and Texas. Um, so there's there's some options out there for Purdue. Uh, but it's going to be can can TV make it work and all four schools get together and agree on it? Uh, it's going to be a long process, but you know, hopefully one that that will work out uh, for Purdue and all parties involved and uh, really get. Uh, and, and there's no guarantee that it would be on that date. but I do—I you know, I'm pretty sure that if it does happen, that there would be at least one of those stops would be at Bankers Life. Purdue needs a presence in Indianapolis. They need a game in Indianapolis, preferably every year. Uh, I'm not sure they can get that done uh, under this kind of format. You know, the Crossroads gave them that opportunity to to play uh, a game in Indy every year. They need—they need that presence. Uh, they need that fan base down there. Uh, they need the attention down there. And, you know, f- somehow you got to make it work. And if it's not this four-team uh, event, if they can't pull that off, then do you do, you do a home-and-home home with Butler? Um, do you do, you know, do you look for a, a marquee home-and-home home event? Do you try to... Uh, Get a, a high-profile program, maybe like a Villanova, and play uh, play a game in Bankers Life, and then play a game in Philadelphia where the 76ers play. Or maybe you can schedule Gonzaga, play play one at Bankers Life, play play one in Seattle, play one uh, in Spokane, you know, somewhere around there, Denver. Um, and then when you look at Virginia and some other ACC schools, you could do the same, you know. It, in Charlotte, in uh, in some other places out east. So there's a lot of options on the table for Purdue, uh, and I and I think they'll be all, they'll be okay. You know, as uh, Bobinski said, you know, Purdue's an attractive enough program that they will not have trouble finding a game for that date. Now, whether it's a four-team event or it's a home and home, you know, I think Purdue will be fine and they'll be able to schedule uh, somebody. And I think they're already planning in that direction so really no surprise a Crossroads Classic came to an end um, or will be coming to an end after this after this year it's disappointing in some ways uh, because you know as as we've mentioned uh, just having all four teams in one location on one day uh, you know made made it special you know made it Hoosier basketball and made it not the Indiana Hoosier basketball but the, the state of Indiana basketball it made it special, you know. It's a good TV game, good TV draw, um, but uh, like a, like a lot of things, it just kind of goes by the wayside as as uh, as people grow tired of it, or it doesn't fit the scheduling model, uh, or a certain team is tired of getting beat in it, or um, you know stuff like that. But that's why it's so hard to do these things because you got to get four schools together, four different coaches, four different ADs, four different administrators, and to be honest, four different egos uh, together in the room to agree on something. And that's why I think you give credit to Morgan Burke and Barry Collier uh, and Fred Glass, the IU AD at the time, and even you know Notre Dame AD Jack Schorbeck. Uh, you know when they put this together that. You know the egos kind of got set aside, and they did what was best for uh, their programs, but they did what what was best for the state of Indiana uh, at the time. And it, it's still it's still good for the state of Indiana at the time. It's just a couple schools don't don't think so. So you move on, and uh, you know hopefully Purdue gets a marquee game in that in that in that slot, and uh, you know nothing nothing is lost. But there'll be There'll be more to gain. Well, we appreciate you stopping by uh, for this uh, quick version on on the podcast. Uh, tell your friends and families, uh, neighbor. Uh, questions, concerns, comments. Uh, reach out on Twitter, email. Um, you can call me if you have my number. Uh, and still looking for a sponsor. So we appreciate any any support in that area. Uh, once again. Uh, we'll be back with another podcast as the situation warrants, and uh, we'll probably have uh, some sort of season preview for Purdue football uh, coming up uh, uh, before camp starts on August 6th. Uh, on jconline.com right now uh, is a story about the Crossroads Classic. Uh, also, uh, there's there's a story about where season ticket sales for Purdue football stand right now and some other uh, tidbits uh, regarding the athletic department, the More Than a Game campaign and, you know, the ross Aid Stadium project, uh, the 2021-22 athletic department budget and uh, roles for uh, the the new deputy athletic director and, like, who's, who's going to be the sport administrator for men's basketball. And football, things like that. So check out jconline.com uh, for more information on that. And then uh, on th- Thursday or Wednesday on jconline.com it'll be in Thursday's paper. We'll start our our countdown to camp football, uh, taking a look at each position and you know who what it means, uh, strength, weak, weaknesses, you know who, which players are the favorites to, to get in the starting role and so on and so forth. so, so we'll start that. Uh, Wednesday uh, jconline.com. Once again, thanks for stopping by and have yourself a good day.